0: Hello, and welcome to the Bucket Drop Podcast, Episode 7. And we're gonna start with something mellow for all the lovers out there.
1: We're back. Attention please, attention please! This shit here feels like a whole entire world collapsed! What you now, now, man, what you call-
0: Today we have another great guest, a hockey player who played 10 years of professional hockey for eight different organizations. He played in the SPHL, the All-American Hockey League, as well as the FHL. With a total of 84 fights to his name, he didn't want to get on his bad side. He played 231 games and racked up, Six hundred and fifty pims. Not to mention he also sniped eleven genos in between taking care of business. A guy that I turned down a few times during my fifteen minutes of fantasy camp, Chase Tippin. How are you, bud?
1: i'm uh, a little tired. A little tired. Uh
0: so uh before we get into any kind of hockey talk, uh, where are you living now and what are you up to these days? Uh
1: I'm back home in Collingwood. Just uh running a farm right now, so you know, doing yeah. that stuff and
0: yeah. So uh if I'm correct, what was last year the final season? <laughs>
1: Um, according to a lot of people and, and me, it was, it was the last season, but, uh, there's some phone calls coming in for, uh, me to make a couple of, uh, guest appearances, so see what happens.
0: Yeah, right on the wall. That takes care of my next question. I was gonna ask you if you were, uh, starting to get the itch now that the regular season's underway. Uh, it's,
1: it's not even, it's not even the itch of, um, of actually playing. It's the itch of, uh, I'm 50 minutes short of 700 career pins.
0: <laughs> oh right on right on <laughs> hey you got goals and you want to reach them hey eh? so exactly just uh going back on your career a little bit who was your favorite team to play for
1: well uh i'm gonna have to stay playing playing watertown and uh in thousand island because that was probably the best you know it was uh it was a little bit different. Uh, I mean, especially when we played in uh, Alex Bay at Barney Castle, because I mean the the rink was a bit of a hole. But uh, it was a good time. I mean, I, a lot of good guys that I played with, and uh, just uh, all around good community. So great fans, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, the, the fans there are top notch. Right on. And
0: is there a season in particular? Uh,
1: not really. They, my my first season there was pretty short uh i came uh just after christmas i guess but uh i don't know every year there was was good i mean we we had our ups and downs but uh when we had our ups we we really had our ups
0: you spent the majority of your playing days in the fhl uh i know it's not always luxurious but you still have the opportunity to play the game that you love and make money at it are there any funny stories from the road that you can think of off
1: the fhl i mean when when you think the federal hockey league um, most, most people think, you know, Slap Shot, uh, you know, Charlestown Chiefs, all that stuff. So, we, we lived it up a little bit. I mean, I remember a time when we were leaving Danville and... And we're about to pull out and everybody realized that like Matt Anthony was on the roof of the bus and, uh, you know, stuff like that or, uh, the time that we got the bus wedged under a bridge on our way to Danbury, we had to walk like 14 blocks with our, with our gear to get to the rink and, you know, stuff like that or, or driving down the road and the shock literally on our bus came right through the floor. Oh, um you know, and our, our bus driver, Paulie, that guy is, uh, he's a class act. He, he kept going. He wasn't stopping. So I mean, it was, a. Uh, Turned out to be a pretty bumpy ride, but uh, every road trip, even even the ones where we lost or something like that, I mean, there was always something eventful that happened. I mean, some of the stories I can't really share because uh, they were a little, uh, they weren't really PG thirteen, so uh, I got to keep those to myself.
0: <laughs> For sure, and uh, yeah, no, that, that must have been uh, quite the warm up then if you had to walk those blocks before, uh, and that was before a game, I, m- I imagine, right? Oh
1: yeah, and and especially going into a rink like Danbury, I mean, nobody really wanted to go and play in Danbury. Their their fans. Their fans are crazy. I mean, great fans, but when you're the opposing team, uh, you got to have some thick skin. So, yeah,
0: definitely. And uh, I'm sure you made some lifelong uh, friendships. Is there a player in particular or a favorite teammate that you can think of?
1: Uh, I had a lot of good teammates. Um, probably hands down my all-time favorite uh teammate would be Nick Meter. Um, you know, the, that guy is you know, he's as professional as it comes. Uh he's been around a lot. I mean he's been around for a long time and he's a good mentor, you know, good vet guy. And uh I mean I would say like a close second would be uh Kyle Powell, uh guy that's still playing. I played with him last year and uh meet him click really, pretty fast. Um, he was he was my guy that I hung out with every weekend when I drove down and stuff like that. So those nice. two guys there were like uh they were the best. But I mean I had some good guys. I had uh, you know, like Adam McAllister and um, even even Tre- Trevor Kraswitz when I was in uh, Richmond, you know, Kras and uh, a guy named Clay Lewis. Clay Lewis actually, he uh, he got a lifetime ban from the All American Hockey League for fighting a ref.
0: <laughs> no way. But, uh-
1: Oh, yeah so like there i played with a ton of good guys it was just uh you know some of them you know a guy like neter neatert's all over the place i mean he's your roommate for two days and then he's gone for three weeks and then he's back again so he would be he would be my my number one if anything uh
0: you were just uh, mentioning the all-american hockey league to be honest when i was reading your uh hockey today. I, I didn't really know about that league. Like, was that anywhere comparable to the FHL? Uh,
1: yeah, you know what? It, it was, uh, <clears throat> I mean, like Battle Creek was in that league and stuff like that. Chris Avanati, when when he played, he played in that league too for Battle Creek. That guy was a god. But uh, we had some, some good players and stuff. The budget was a, a little bit bigger than uh, the FHL um, now, especially. I mean, the, the budget's not very high in the FHL. But, uh, I mean, it, there were some good teams. It was just, it was kind of the same thing. You know, there was, there was people that fought that you know, I'm gonna throw a team in uh, in this league, and I'm gonna make it work. And then all of a sudden, there was no money, and you know, next thing you know, we've got a team folding. Like my first year there, when I played in uh, Madison, we had uh, two police officers as owners, and they they just failed to pay us. They didn't pay us at all. We got evicted from our our housing. For my last two weeks, I was sleeping on a teammate's couch with a pit bull. Like, yeah, yeah it was uh, you know, it, it, the talent wasn't bad, but uh, you know, the, the organization of a lot of the teams was pretty pissed poor.
0: Okay, and you just mentioned talent, so uh, that brings me to my next question. Like, Who would you consider to be the best player that you, you had the chance to play with?
1: I'm um, going to say Dan Vandermeer in Richmond. Um, you know, guy played in like every league but the show, and uh, as a defenseman, you know, the guy was putting up 70 points. And again, like, uh, you know, even guys when I was playing in Watertown, like Adam McAllister, was, he's probably one of the best all-around guys that I've played with. I mean, okay. you know, he'd put up points, he'd fight, you know, he, he did it all. Um and he did it all hungover, which was even better. So that crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was. It, I, I mean, when I played full time in the in the NHL when it first started, we used to have a joke that uh, when people would be like, "Oh, well, what do you guys do?" and we we joke and be like, "Oh, well, we get paid to play hockey good and drink better." So, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of the vets. Uh, you know, Tuesday nights we would go out for uh, for trivia night, and you know, one would turn into ten, and all of a sudden we're waking up in the morning wishing we never went out. So.
0: I was gonna ask you about that too. Like, how was the partying? Like, obviously, you guys take long road trips, right? It's not like a, you know, a short flight or anything. Like, so was there a lot of beer drinking going on
1: uh, on bus trips? Uh, yeah. But, I mean, there was always. I mean, you, there was always cases of beer getting picked up for that. I, I remember. I even remember a time where uh, me and the guy Jeff Winchester. Because I'm not a huge beer drinker. I'm, I'm yeah. more of a rye guy. I drink okay. a lot of whiskey. So he ended up getting vodka. So me and him were drinking vodka and Gatorade.
0: That's a recipe, I, uh, recipe for disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I passed out and about two hours later shot up and puked all over the, the bathroom of the bus. And uh, our coach made the rookies clean it up the next morning. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was... I mean, that was one of those times where I was kind of like, oh man, this, I, I shouldn't be drinking this much on the bus. But we had, uh, I mean, those, those trips to Danville and stuff, I mean, uh, those guys now that go to Carolina and everything like that, for us, it was, it was the trips to Danville that, uh, you know, a lot of the drinking on the bus back came about because, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was like 16 to 18 hours, I think. I think one time in a snowstorm, it took us like almost 24 hours to get there
0: yeah especially when you're like that that water town area near the the lake say you you get that snow drift and everything else
1: oh yeah and it's for for me I'm used to it because I mean where I live in Collingwood, we get uh, we get dumped on snow I'm pretty much at the base of a ski resort too so um yeah we get we get smoked with snow quite a bit, and it's kind of weird like one day we could we get at it with three feet the next day we got grass so okay. i'm kinda I'm kind of used to the the crazy winter weather, but uh yeah those trips with with that weather just uh they got a little lengthy.
0: You were talking about uh, Danbury a while ago. But do you find like the best fans were in Watertown, or
1: uh, you know, it's. I mean, it obviously goes to wherever you play. I mean, you know, the, the fans in Watertown I mean, tre- treated me like gold. Um, yeah. You know, even even when I went back this year, it was uh, I'd be out. I just I go to the mall or something like that uh, during the day on a Saturday before the game, and you know, fans from you know five years ago where, you know, oh, my God, tipping, you know, and, you know, the fans are great. But then, I mean, I talked to guys in Danbury, and and they're going, oh, man, our fans are unbelievable. And, I mean, you can usually, you can tell, uh, you can tell how good a fan base is just solely based on how they treat, uh, you know, the opposing team during the game and then after the game. I mean, I remember going to Danbury, and and, uh, during the game, guys, you know, whatever, guys throwing a beer can at me and stuff like that. But then after the game, when we're leaving, you know, fans coming over, oh my god, it was a great game, you know, I hope you have a safe trip, I wish you would come and play here, you know, so I mean, you, you kind of get, uh, you understand how those fans are, and like, it's even in Elmira now, I mean, uh, last year I ended up, I was supposed to play in Elmira, you know, some stuff happened, and uh, I got traded back to Watertown before I okay. could play the game, and uh, You know, the Elmira fans, even before the season started, add me to Facebook, messaging me, oh, I can't wait to see you come back here, blah, 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 blah. And you learn real quick uh, what organizations have the best fans. But I mean, it's the best fans based on where you play.
0: Yeah, well, I actually had the privilege uh, to play against you one time. AFI actually got me into a game for Danville, and uh, I got to witness it firsthand. I I was just trying to play my game. I was just trying to lay some, some checks, and... I remember you coming up to me and you said something like, hey, you want to go? And then I was like, no. I'm like, uh, I don't want to get my ass kicked tonight, but anyway. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm not tough, but I'm not stupid, right? Uh, while we're on that topic, uh, can you just talk to me about the battles that you had with Afi? Because I know, uh, actually in that game, I ended up fighting uh, Jeff Bill on your team, but I let Afi take care of the, the heavy work. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: oh, man. Afi's the, he's the one guy... You know, and I, I tell this to everybody. I have the utmost respect for that guy in in every aspect of the game, and even as a as a person, right? Uh, you know, he's a he's a true professional. You know, and it's funny. I mean, the guy he's what five 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 six. You know. Yeah, I was gonna um, say yeah. He's he's not very big, and you know, if I didn't know him, you know, I probably would have been that guy to be like, you know what, fuck, you know, get it, get away from me, bud. Like you're not worth my time. But Chris Affinati is is the, I don't even know how to, how to really explain it. He, he is what it is to be an enforcer. I mean, if that guy was, you know, six foot three, if he was my size, he would absolutely murder people, you know, but he's a gamer. He, he brings his, you know, he brings his lunch to, to work every day and, and yeah. leaves it all out there. And, you know, after the game, he, he's like me, you know, he, he understands, you know, it's a job and, sure. uh, you know, I'm getting paid to go out there and do the same thing that he is. I and mean, I mean, I remember, I remember the night that I that I knocked him out like it was yesterday and uh you know, it's it's one of those things, opening draw, you know, he asked me, you oh, know, let's put a show on for the fans. And mm-hmm. it's just one of those you know, he moved his head one way and I threw one way and, and it connected. And you know, when you when you play against a guy and you talk to a guy enough and you hang out with a guy enough, uh it it becomes more of just uh it's an all around friendship, you know. He he's one of those guys where if I'm having a, a shit day you know or whatever i can I can send him a message or whatever, and you know we can we can just shoot the shit, but you know i I felt bad,
0: yeah, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I saw that video too, so like i yeah. I, I can kind of see what happened, you know like I can kind of see
1: that you were helping him out and everything else
0: you can yeah. see the friend you can see the friendship there right, so yeah yeah,
1: and I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't do that for anybody else, but you know that guy, you know I don't even know how many times I fought him like twenty times or something like that, like something crazy you know, to to see that, you know, it sucks, you know, but at the end of the day, I had to sit back. I had to realize, you know, that's a job. If, you know, it could have happened to me. I could have turned one way. He could have caught me and I, you know, good night, Jim Kite. Sure. but you know, it's, it's understanding it's a job and he understands that, you know, better than anybody. You know, yep. he's that guy. He has, he has no problem sitting on the bench all night and, uh, you know, going out or he doesn't have a problem playing a regular shift and going out and doing his job, you know? So, that guy, some of the fights that we had were just, he was determined that he was going to drop me and I was determined that I was going to drop him, you know, and he's one of those guys, you know, you you have to put a beating on him to get him to even drop the one knee, so. No, um, definitely. He
0: he, he could take know, a punch for
1: sure. Yeah, you know, and that's what it is. You know, big ups to affy, and, you know, he's the one guy that I always have the most respect for and of any guy that I slot, um, he's probably pounds with pounds the toughest guy I know. So, yeah, I mean, uh I would have no problem going a couple more rounds with them, but uh, we're getting old now, so... <laughs> yeah,
0: well said, well said. Uh, now, I see that while uh, you're playing in the G... Uh, I hope I'm saying this right, GMHL, uh, you had yeah. uh, 118 penalty minutes and 27 games. I'm guessing those were not all minor penalties. Is that where the fighting began, or was it from an earlier age? Oh,
1: no. Um, my my fighting began in... I'm going to say Bantam. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, when it was still yeah. allowed, right? No, when there was, you know, we, there was no fighting. What it, had what it ended up happening was uh, we were playing in a small town in uh, Elmville, and uh, just a kid, you know, flying around, and it's the last game of the season, and I was like, oh, you know what, whatever. I'm probably going to go play junior next year, and I grabbed a hold of him and ripped his cage off and beat the piss out of him. So... Uh, that's kind of where it started, and then it was you know I went to uh you know my first junior camp, I got my first you know broken nose um you know stuff like that, and then it was you know I kind of realized I was like oh, you know what I'm actually pretty decent at this, so uh you know why not, and you know based on my skill set, I wasn't gonna go anywhere past junior, so uh you know I had to learn how to do something so uh but the g m h l was uh the, the twenty seven games was literally based on suspensions I got uh I was suspended for seven games for leaving the bench uh, I was suspended for seven games for spearing a guy in the face um, you know just just a bunch of different stupid shit but you you <laughs> didn't
0: you didn't take off your skate and try to stab a guy though no no I, I, I leave that <laughs>
1: to happy himself
0: yeah, you were talking about bantam when you ripped that guy's cage up like were you always a big kid uh
1: i I mean I was taller than a lot of guys, but uh I didn't really start. Really going until the, probably the 10th grade. I mean, uh, I was kind of a bit of a beanpole when I was younger. Okay. And then it was like, you know, around like grade 10 is when I kind of found out uh, what a gym was and, and started lifting weights and, you know, eating a it, fuck a ton more. And <laughs> but see, you know. seeing seeing as you were tall, though, were you, were you always a forward? Uh, I, played, uh, I played defense all the way up until my last year junior.
0: Oh, okay. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and then um, my coach, uh, who's now the assistant coach of the Colts, Todd Miller, he just called me one day in the summer and was like, "Hey, I need a heavy," and I was like, "All right, I'm on my way." And uh, he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna play forward." And uh, it's funny because I mean, I played on the power play. I was I was a first line power play guy too. Nice.
0: Did you, you then, like like were you the guy in
1: front of the net or no? It, it, it all depended. I mean, we had we had different setups. So I mean, uh, at one point I was I was the trigger guy on the half wall, and they kind of changed around depending on who we were playing and. Yeah, man, first line power yeah. play for a goon. It was awesome.
0: Good job, man. I like my my thing that I've never had is the shot. That's I don't know. I I need to take a class on that, anyway.
1: Um,
0: like, who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, I'm
1: a huge Bobby Orr guy. Yeah, growing up, uh, like when I was real young, my my old man was always, you know, this is the guy. This is the greatest player of all time. Blah blah blah. But uh, but did you, you watch
0: know, a, did you watch old tapes or what?
1: Oh, I watched old tapes nonstop and. Because of it, I'm a I'm a diehard Boone fan and everything like that. But uh, I mean, for for my line of work, I would have to say that you know the, the two guys that I that I really looked up to were uh, Bob Probert and Joe Kosher.
0: Okay, okay, I'll take out one of the questions later because I was going to ask you about uh, I was going to say Probert and Tony Twist, but I think you just answered that question. So.
1: <laughs> you know what, and that you know what that that question could still come up because I mean uh, you got to look at at the players. I mean Tony yeah. Twist could. Tony Twist couldn't skate to save his life.
0: Yeah, I just met who was your favorite out of the two, but you just said... Oh, two. yeah, no.
1: You know, there's, there's something about a guy that puts up 70 points, plays in the All-Star Game with Gretzky and Messier and, you know, leads the league in penalty minutes and fighting majors.
0: And that's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, now, a simple question. Like, you had a role, right? You protected your teammates and changed the momentum of games. Like, did
1: yeah. did you
0: enjoy fighting?
1: Oh, man. Yes and no. It's kind of a weird thing, you know? The worst part about it is the fact that you don't understand the role until you've done the role. I enjoyed it for the fact of, of the competition of it, um, you know the adrenaline rush. the shit that I dealt with after I was done playing um, that that's where I was like, yeah, you know what and, it, and a lot of people and it pisses me off they're all fighting causes concussions, but fighting is is the lowest reason concussions in hockey, it's been proven. Um the whole the whole mental disorder and, and the painkillers and stuff. You know what? I did it I started fighting consistently when I was sixteen years old, you know, all the way up until I was thirty one. And it never once have I relied on painkillers and I mean I've broken all my knuckles, all my fingers, my wrist, my nose, you know, my I've had surgery on my shoulders. I, I've done it all, and uh, I enjoyed the fighting. It was it was the stuff after. It was you know because you learn to you learn to hurt people without remorse, and and that's the worst part, right? Is is you constantly now like I kind of have to watch what I do, you know, because I I have to somewhat think about you know how the other person's gonna feel and stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it's a light switch. You got to turn on on and off. But the the fighting itself, yes, absolutely, I loved it. Um, you know, I used to make jokes about if you. If you went based on my minutes played, I was the highest paid guy in the league, um, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And I made a joke of it, but I mean, I knew my job and I knew that if I didn't want to fight, I wasn't going to stick around. So, you know, it, I just learned real quick and I, I was going to be that guy that was going to do my role better than anybody else. And I wasn't going to think that I was something I wasn't because I mean, it, at 6'3", 290 pounds, you know, you can't tell me that I'm going to go out and put up 90 points. There's There's no way in hell.
0: And um, hey, you 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 gotta contact Hockey d b a because they got that wrong. By
1: the way, well, they've they've had me at like six three two forty. They also said I was yeah. like <laughs> two years older than what I am. <laughs> no, I'm just
0: I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: but, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is is again like a lot of people ask that question, and, and I answer the question. You know, if I enjoyed it, and you know, some people don't like the fact that I say I enjoyed it. You can't tell me. I mean. Anybody that gets into a fight, you can't tell me that if you win a fight that, uh, you know, you're not, you're not pumped about it. You know, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't lose a lot, but I mean, the ones that I did lose, I, I took those as, you know, um, you know, I learned from them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a guy like, Sid, uh, Simone Desormo literally pushed my nose across my face. I didn't even punch right. the guy. And you know, I I looked at that and I was like, all right, like I need to I need to learn uh, how to tie these guys up a little bit better and stuff like that. But for uh, sure. you know, now that uh, now that I don't really play and stuff, like last year was the fighting part was you know it was more of um, I was doing a favor for for the owner of Watertown and stuff like that by coming in and you know, but there was there was kids now that. It's not the same. The, the respect's not there and stuff like that. Like my last, my last game in Mentor, I had a kid. My last fight, Ivan Villa, something or other. I don't know. He's, he's a goof. Head me while we were fighting with his helmet on. What? Yeah. So I, I'm, and you know what? It's, it's a lack of respect. And I've made it very clear to him that if I do come back again this year and we play Mentor, that uh there's no way that I'm letting that kid leave the ice on his own two feet.
0: Well, there's a code, yeah, exactly.
1: You know, and and that's it. Like, you know, you're young, you want to make a name for yourself, you do it the right way. You do it the same way I did, the same way Alfie did, you know, the same way Anthony Pizzano did, all those guys. We did it the same way. We went out, we fought the other guys square up, and you, you know, I wasn't doing anything stupid, like if I wanted to, I could have wrapped my hand in his hair and set his face off the ice, but I'm not that guy.
0: Well that's good, it's all to respect, right? And uh, yeah. you're, you're talking about injuries and like the stuff that you suffered uh, from being on, in all these battles, like can you recall any times where you knew you were injured or sick, but you just had to
1: fight anyways? There is, I mean, numerous times. You know, you get on a, on a three-game uh, road swing, and you know you get in a tilt one night or two, and you know your hand's broken, but you know you, you don't really have anybody else, and you know you're going into you're going into Danbury, you know, where they've got uh, you know Fraser and and Pizzano, and you know that you're going to have to go one of them. So I mean, there was numerous times where you know I had something wrong. Like I went uh, I went like three years where yeah I was putting off uh, shoulder surgery. Um, I just kept getting cortisone shots and you know trying. You know, shoulder braces and stuff like that, and uh, eventually it was like my my shoulder was coming out and going back in while I was fighting, and like I knew it, but I mean, it, it surgery. You know, you're out, you know, three to five months, stuff like that. So I put it off until the end of the year and went in and got my shoulder done and came back for my what was again at that point supposed to be my last year, but uh, it, it wasn't. But uh, you know, it, with that job, you you kind of have to grin and bear it. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah you know, you go to your coach on the Monday before practice and you say, you know, look, like, I'm banged up, man. Like, I can't do anything. And most coaches are going to understand or, you know, they're going to tell you to go ride the bike. But, I mean, uh, numerous times I've fought with injuries, you know, broken nose, stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't one of those guys where, you know, and, and I gave it to Jeff Gill about this was, you know, he, he had his nose broken, so he put a cage on. I'm one of those guys, like, if you're a fighter, I mean, you can't be out there running around doing the same thing with a cage on. So, I mean, I was one of those guys, if my nose was broken, I was still wearing a visor because, I mean, that's my job. No, it's,
0: for sure.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out and punch some guy in the cheese grater all night and have him laugh at me, you know what I mean? So, you know, I wouldn't want to do this, have that guy do the same thing. So, you know, there was numerous times where, I mean, you could have flicked my nose and it would have started bleeding again. So, yeah. you know, it, it comes with the job. I mean, you have to understand that. And I mean, we all know uh, what we're getting into before we start, so um yeah. yeah there was there was a ton of times where I fought where I had uh numerous injuries,
0: yeah, I can't even imagine the thing that you're talking about your shoulder <laughs> that would just fucking bug the shit out of me. I'd try probably...
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, it wasn't fun,
0: uh, yeah, on the onset, I asked you uh who the best player you played with was now, regardless if he played with you or against you, who was the skilled player that really knew how to throw hands?
1: I could name a few um you know Sean McNulty, um you know, he played in Danville. Um, Corey Bellamy, you know, he was I wouldn't say he was an overall skilled guy, but I mean the, you could still put the puck in the net and he could throw. Adam McAllister was another guy. You know, I I played with with a few. Um, you know, a lot of those guys that played in Aquasophane, okay, know, that were that were really skilled, but I mean those guys were like you know, some of their their skilled guys were so with heavyweight you know there's there's a lot of guys that that I played with in and, and, and games that were filled that could just chuck them. but
0: and you're talking about like Bellamy and Mcallister that you played with in Watertown like did those guys go to you for tips
1: no um Bellamy <laughs> i mean Bellamy would kind of he would he would fight anybody he didn't really care he was just uh you know he was stolen from uh throwing right hands from the stands, but uh, he, he always used to claim that he was a motivator, so he would he didn't care. I mean, no matter what I told him to do, it, it wasn't going to help him. It was just, you know, he swang and tried to throw as many punches as possible and, you know, and would fight anybody, whereas McAllister was, you know, he was kind of... He picked his spots. He knew when and when not to, but uh, you know there was occasionally a couple times where he had to get into it with a guy that was a little out of his weight class, and, and he still held his own, or, or, you know, he came out on top. But, uh, you know, those two... Those two guys were, uh, you know, they were making too much money to be asking me uh, for, for pointers.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, now the NHL is moving towards skill and skating. Is that also the case of the FHL? Because you you've been in there for a while now.
1: The league's changed a lot. Um, you know, they're they're kind of steering away from uh, the way the league was, um, which I I think is a good idea. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's hard to get credibility when you know you're you're paying guys. You know, peanuts. I mean, some of these guys are making no money. So, I mean, in order to get these skilled guys in, you gotta, you gotta pay a little bit of money and, you know, but the, the game itself at that level has got a lot faster. You know, it's not, uh, it's not as chippy and stuff, but I mean, there has been games. I mean, I remember last year playing against, playing against Danville and, you know, some of the stuff that happens, you know, you're kind of like, you know, that would have never happened when I played before because the next shift you came out, you would have got your, you know, your wrist broken. But I mean, the, the skating stuff like, I mean, I I mean, I'm obviously not out there to you know be Peter Bondra out there wheeling around fastest guy in the league, but you know when I played, I could skate decently, I could you know skate enough to stay in the league, but you know I, I took a little bit of time off there, and I mean, yeah. I smoke a pack of, I smoke a pack of cigarettes a day now, so um, <laughs> you know the, the the cardio is is not what it used to be, so but, yeah, it, comes um, back,
0: it comes back pretty quick, though I think.
1: Yeah, it took a bit, but uh, yeah, you know the league's getting better um skill wise and you know it's growing but uh you know they they got to start throwing some money to uh to some guys that uh, yeah that are skilled enough uh
0: generally like everything moves towards the way of the NHL right and like yeah. I'll I'll tell you like I was at we hopefully we won't get into an argument about this one cuz you were saying you were a big Bruins fan but um, <laughs> I was at the Habs game on Monday, so, you know, I drove to Montreal, which is, like, an hour and a half, and the Habs yeah. got quabbered 8-1, to one, and I'm just sitting there thinking, like, is anyone going to do anything to bring a bit of life into the building? Because I would say, like, after the second period, like, half the Habs left, right? Like, the Habs fans, I mean, sorry. Nothing was being done, so, like, that's the part that I kind of miss, you know, like, I, I find like there's, there's no rivalries right now because it's like, I don't know, there's no nobody stepping up. You know, you're losing 7-1 in your own barn. But if, like,
1: do, you, do you agree with that a bit? I 100% agree. Um, yeah. You know, there's always going to be a place in hockey for fighting. Um, you know, it's, it's the fastest game on feet. I mean, you've got grown men throwing their bodies around like weapons, like something's got to pop off eventually. But, you know, there's a reason why certain teams in the NHL are successful. And you look at their lineups, I mean – I'm going to use the Bruins as an example. Um, you know, they usually make a deep playoff run um, regular season. They do really well. But it's because they're an all-around tough team. And that's the shitty part about the other teams is they think because the fighters are not there anymore that they don't really need people to be tough. And it's like, you know, when you're getting shit kicked, you know, even even 4 nothing. Like you got to do something. You got to, you got to spark the guys up and you know, you throw a you throw a, a check or a hit now. And all of a sudden it's a head check and you, you know, you're tossed, um, yeah. you know, you, you rough with a guy and it's the same thing. Why would you not just, you know what, go out, shed your mitch, grab a guy and say, look, we're doing it. Most of the time, if, if a guy has a little bit, even a little bit of respect and knows the score, He's gonna go with. He's gonna go at it with you. He's gonna say, "All right, fine." The worst part is, it's not the NHL that's trying to get fighting out. It's Timmy and Tommy's mom from down the street that's worried about her kids getting, you know, scars and boobers on their face. Yeah. and that's it. And everybody wants to listen to it. And it's, there's a reason. There's a reason why you know a lot of people don't watch the NHL now. There's a lot of reasons why you know people would rather watch the AHL or even the ECHL because you know these but, guys are yeah. grinding out to try and make it to the show. And they're yeah. going to do whatever they have
0: to. No, for sure. Or even the FHL.
1: Yeah, or even the FHL. So, uh, yeah.
0: Like, because, like, now, like, uh, like, I don't even know what the biggest rivalry in the game is anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I, it might be Calgary versus L.A., but you were a guy who put his body and his brain on the line. So, uh, what was the payment structure in the FHL? Like, what I mean is, did you get a bit more for the reasons that I'm, that I'm mentioning?
1: I mean, I got a little bit of extra dough thrown to me from uh, from some sponsors and stuff like that, you know. But, uh, I mean, I'm I'm not going to talk numbers, but it, it was worse. It was, they made it worse my while, um, okay. you know, stuff like that. and I was well taken care of that way. That's good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, there's guys in the league that aren't getting that, and that's the worst part. I mean, and I'm not going to sit there and say that because I got it, they should have got it or anything. I mean, but, uh, you know, obviously, like, you, you got to take care of those guys, I mean, especially in a league like that. I mean, either push push the guys out and tell them no fighting, because you don't want to deal with having to take care of them later on down the road. Or, you know what, I know how much money, you know, is coming into that league. And, you know, some people are like, oh, the the league makes nothing. That's a crock of shit. They're they're making more than enough money to to keep the teams afloat and make a profit. So, I mean, if you've got to flip a guy a little bit extra money, you know, like, you know, give him the old pat on the back, good job, you know, great, You, you really get the team proud, flip him a couple extra bucks and walk back out the door. Yeah. For me, it was you know there was nights where you know I I could fight twice and I was getting more than my paycheck would be for two weeks.
0: Well, that's awesome, you know? good for you. Though.
1: So, you know, yeah. it, but that was it. I mean, and that's where it comes down to Watertown's A great place to play as a yeah. player because of the, because of the fans and the sponsors. Yeah, because like.
0: I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So the first time I played against you, it was with a makeshift team, like kind of like a team that was just put together with like anybody could play. And, oh, uh, the, feder-
1: the Federale.
0: No, not that team. <laughs> but like each player on the team, like so it was a uh, Cape Cod Bluefins or something like that. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and each player on the team were promised a hundred bucks before the game. And uh, yeah. in the first period, uh, I just wanted to get a shift in because I didn't even know if I was good enough to play in this this league because. Uh, I played men's league and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, I get called called on by Bellamy, which I don't know who Bellamy is. And I, I get absolutely smoked. Like, I probably got a conky, And, like, you we were talking about your nose put to the other side of your face. Like, I, it was the first time I broke my nose. And... Yeah. Uh, Later in the game, I fight again against uh, a guy called Gordon because I kept on getting asked to fight because they saw they, they I was willing a little bit, right? And uh, yeah. now before the third uh, period, the coach comes and sees me in the room. He says, like, you know, I'll give you 50 bucks. You can fight again. So, like, I basically tell him, like, let me play a bit of hockey. Like, I'm not even a fighter. And uh, at the end of the game, uh, long story short, everybody was promised uh, 100 bucks. And I was shorted 10 bucks in my envelope. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, was <laughs> like yeah, you know, like, yeah. but I'm sure that happens more than more than once, you
1: know. Man, the, the when when that whole thing was going on with the league and stuff, and
0: I'm sure worse things know, have happened. It's only ten bucks, so you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: it, it's it's still it, it's not the money; it's the principle behind it, right? And it's
0: exactly you, know, yeah.
1: you go and you tell a guy, you know, I need you to go out and do this. I'll give you whatever, you, yeah. you know, pay up to the full amount. I don't care if it's if you're fifty cents short, ten bucks short, a hundred bucks short. You you pay the full amount. And, uh, you know, there was, there was some times where, you know, I went in and looked at, looked at my envelope and, you know, I was short and I made damn sure within, you know, three minutes of getting my thing, I was in the office and I was going like, Hey, like I want the rest of my money and I want it now. Yeah. 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 And it's like, if you want to, if you want to, you know, put me on waivers over 10 bucks or cut me, you better hope that I don't go to a team that plays you quite a bit because you know, I'm going to make your life hell.
0: Yeah. Well, well, at least yeah, at least at least I didn't fight you, so I I, I came home with a head, <laughs> so
1: I was all right. But uh, yeah. uh, go ahead. For me, it was it was hard fighting against those teams. Yeah, because you didn't know the, guy, you didn't know the guys, I, I, right? Yeah, like I mean, if if I knew a guy or I, or a guy who played in the league before, yeah, okay, maybe, but you know, I don't know. Some I remember, like they brought a kid that you know he left his junior team to come play, and I'm going like, this kid's like 18 years old. Yeah, You know, and it, for me, it's, it's a lose-lose if the kid ever tried to fight me because if I piss bump him, well, I just shit-kicked a, an 18-year-old kid. If he shit- yeah. shit-kicks me, I just got shit-kicked by an 18-year-old kid. So you yeah. Know.
0: <laughs> but I could tell that the fans like they were good fans though. Like I was getting chirped in the penalty box but when I left the ring everybody were everybody was cool and shit, so it was it was good stuff. But uh uh now that we've touched on fighting a little bit, I know the game is heading in a different direction, but do you have any advice for like an upcoming enforcer besides step one, be six foot three, two hundred and ninety ninety pounds, you know?
1: Boxing. Boxing and, and uh legitimate like plyometric training, like You know, you can put up 300 minutes and penalties in a year, but you got to be able to play. I came in at a time where where fighters were just fighters, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you could skate decent and, you know, you could pass a puck and shoot a puck, but you could fight, you had a spot. But now it's just not like that. Like, you have to be able to play a regular shift or, you know every second shift, like you, you have to be that guy. So, you know, what if a kid comes up to me and says like, I'm not really that great of a, of a player or whatever, um, you know, but, but I can fight. The first thing you can tell him is be like, work on your skating, work on your passing. It's easy to shoot a puck on net. It's harder to, to get a guy a puck on the fly. Work, work, work. Constantly. You never want to stop training. You always want to make yourself better, um, whether it be skating, passing, shooting, you know, reading a play, you know, playing the position correctly, stuff like that. Fighting is not uh, is not easy itself. You know, you, you one, you got to be somewhat crazy. I mean, you got to be able to take punches, you know, just to wait for that that perfect one. I mean, there's only there's only a few people that are gonna you know sit there and take you know fifteen twenty punches in the face before they swing. But uh, you know, you got to be able to do that sometimes. So yeah. I mean. If you're going to be a fighter now, you got to be an all-around guy. Yeah, yeah you, you have to contribute in more than one way.
0: Yeah, And,
1: sure. uh, you know, again, like I said, it's not like when I started playing in the South and stuff like that where, you know, every team had one or two heavyweights and, you know, you went out, you did your thing, you might play a shift or two and then you got to go out and do it again. It's not like that now. Everything, um, you know, was very sporadic. And, and guys are going to, you know, guys are going to fight guys that aren't, heavyweights and guys are going to fight guys, you know, that are uh, out of their weight class. That's the way it is now. It's, it's more of just, uh, you know, contact sport where people just, you know, happen to get into fights. It's not like, yeah, you know, where exactly. you expected two guys to go.
0: Well, either, yeah, a big hit or, or, or something dirty to, to, yeah. to, to spur it, yeah. For for yourself, did you do a lot of uh, – you were talking about boxing two minutes ago, but, like, uh, did you do any off-ice? You know what, man? When I go
1: into the gym, it was literally lift as heavy as physical possible.
0: <laughs> really? Okay, just – Yeah, just like, I, uh, the physical strength?
1: Yeah, and, like, uh, it was just – you know what? Like, I never uh, – I never really had anybody, like, to direct me – in what to do, possibly. Okay. okay. Um, you know, I, I, I made it to where I was strictly on my skill set, um, strictly that I was good at fighting. It just so happened that I was okay skill wise, but no, I never, I mean, my summers, you know, I, I would be in the gym every day, but I mean, I was a guy that was trying, you know, bench press 350 pounds for, you know, 20 okay. reps. Like I was, I was that guy, but I mean, I never, uh, you know, I never. I never actually trained. All I really did was I played pickup hockey like four nights a week, and I went to the gym and I worked. That was that was me.
0: Like so, so you weren't doing all the cardio stuff. No, no, no,
1: no. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, is there any kind of music that you would listen to before a game to obviously pump yourself up?
1: I mean, I I've, I've listened to. I mean, mostly '90s hip hop. Uh, you know, some Slipknot, whatever. Like, I'm not. Uh, I mean, I'm not a country guy by any means. I. I think it's emo for rednecks, but uh, it, uh, it it all depended really. Like um, yeah. if it was if it was a game where uh, where I knew I was gonna fight somebody and I knew who I was fighting and it was kind of amped up and everything like that, I would listen to the most mellow music I could possibly find. Um, you know, okay, really? Just something where, you know, I could, I could sit in the stands or sit in the room and just, you know, kind of, kind of vibe with it and yep. stuff like that. um then if, if it was a no, it, it was just to, to keep my head straight, you know, like I, I didn't want to be, uh, going out there too fired up and, and making a mistake or whatever, but I mean, if there was a game where, uh, you know, it was kind of a wall and I was like, ah, oh, you know, like just another game against these guys. I was getting myself amped up. I was going out and like, it was just, you know, there was blood in the water and I was looking for it. You know what I mean? And, and that, that comes with, you know, it being my job was to, you know, get stuff going and, and get the guys fired up. So I mean, if I was in a weird mood where, you know, I didn't have that little bit of mm, behind me, nothing was going to happen. So I had to make sure that, uh, that my head was in a, in a weird, uh, state so I, yeah, sure. I can just go ahead and kind of start sewing at random people, so.
0: Yeah, well, 90s rap will
1: do that to you. Oh, yeah, right? There's a lot of gang shootings and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, for
0: sure. listen to a bit of Big E and uh, Tupac before the game, so. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, do you still play pickup hockey?
1: Oh, man, I haven't uh, I haven't put my skates on since uh, my last game in Watertown last year. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, uh. I'm uh pretty big in like slow pitching and stuff. I mean like I am uh, sponsored by uh Smash at Sports Canada and stuff like that. So my summers oh, nice. are uh, Yeah, my summers are mostly just every other weekend I'm gone, I'm playing ball somewhere and then uh then when I do get a weekend where I can just kinda chill out I'm you know, I'm at the cottage. or I'm at the house, just hanging out with the dogs and stuff like that. Okay.
0: Because so. I was gonna ask you that. I was gonna ask you if you had any kind of like special talent or if you you had another sport, you know, besides hockey. But I guess you just answered um, the question.
1: Yeah, I'm above average at uh, hitting a ball throwing so underhand.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I'm sure the fucking gym helps for that too.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, uh, man, thanks a lot for your time. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the uh, interview with uh, the interrogation,
1: put you on the spot.
0: All right. So. Uh, all right. First off, state your name.
1: Chase Date Dana Burr. April 17th, 1987.
0: First question. Mr. Noodles or Mac and Cheese?
1: Mr. Noodles.
0: What do you put on it?
1: Uh, soy sauce.
0: Soy sauce. No hot sauce.
1: No. Steak or seafood? Seafood. Yeah? Which one's your favorite? Uh man. I'm going to go with shrimp.
0: Shrimp? Right on. Hypothetical question. You're single. You got a chance to date one of these three girls. Who do you pick? Kira Knightley, Beyonce, or Céline Zion?
1: Oh, Kira Knightley. Yeah? Like. Uh, Beyonce's full of herself. <laughs> well, nobody likes beyonce. Oh, come on! She's, she's, <laughs> hey, bud, my heart right. will go on. I don't know yeah, what to tell you. Yeah, all me. right, all
0: right. Uh, summer or winter? Winter. Boxers or briefs? Boxers. Yeah, all right. Uh, dog or cat? Dogs. Yeah, do you have any dogs?
1: Yeah, I got two. I got uh one-year-old pitbull named Tank, and I got a three-year-old American bulldog named CeeLo. Oh shit!
0: They would kick my dogs' ass. I got a <laughs> Labrador. <eagle, so.
1: laughs> oh, actually, you know what? I've got well, I've got a cat too, though. So.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it shows you got a soft side, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you scored a 10 on 10, and uh, that's based on a chart that represents absolutely nothing. But uh, I want to thank you for your, your openness, man. And I, I really appreciate your time, buddy.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks, for.
0: And I hope you had a good time. Take care. And uh, whenever you want to come back on, and if you want to call one of your buddies I used to play with, uh, just hit me up.
1: All right. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. You too.